Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. Before we dive into our guest is today, Joe is going to remind us of our show's mission and purpose. I love it. I can't wait. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And, you know, Searching for Service is a podcast that delves into the transformative world of community service and connection. You know, in the space, we respond to a lot of the shifts that we've been seeing and the way that people serve. Um, And we want to unite people together through a greater cause. Our focus is through the power of Rotary and its clubs that there are platforms for cause-driven fellowship, inviting both members and non-members to share in its quest. Through inspiring stories and interviews, we aim to spark a movement of meaningful relationships and expanded horizons. And we're excited for all of you to join us on this journey. Beautifully stated. (laughs) I love it. All right, so we have yet again another another amazing guest on our show today, and her name is Erica Gwynn. Welcome, Erica. Well, thank you for having me today. We are happy to have you. And so I'm just going to share with our listeners quick on what your official title is, and that is the Area Focus Manager for Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene, also known as WASH. And this is through Rotary International correct? That's correct. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we're happy to have you on. Really in this um, first segment, um, we enjoy getting to know who we have on as our guest. And so I usually like to start with, um, where are you joining us from? Uh, keep it well, simple. I live, in, yeah, I live in Chicago, which is just south of where the Rotary headquarters is located in Evanston, Illinois. Beautiful, beautiful. How long have you been there? Oh, I i mean, I came to Chicago from Detroit area, actually, um, about maybe 10 and a half years ago. And that was specifically in order to work for Rotary. What were you doing before? Oh, I lived, uh, so I've worked all over the world and actually within the United States as well um, <clears throat> in the public and private sector. So I I um, was a long time ago an ambassadorial scholar, and if you remember that program, um, and that really helped get me my first, I guess, break into the international development world, and uh, lived for about five years in Mexico, um, also did uh, some work and lived over in Ecuador and in uh, Uganda. And then uh, in the United States here, I came back and worked for the, the U.S. Department of Agriculture mm. with water resource management as well. All related to water, water, public health, environment. Um, and I actually even worked in the, the Great Lakes region here uh, doing fisheries management as well, uh, unlike Michigan. Very, so very I've been nice. uh, popping around the world. And then finally, I decided, you know, what? I feel like coming back <laughs> to the Midwest where my family was and uh, okay. but still keeping my my fingers in uh, development, but in a different way. Well, and it sure makes it. <laughs> You're very uniquely qualified for the role that you serve within Rotary. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. So when was it that you um, transitioned to your role with um, Rotary International? Well, that that was about 10 and a half years ago. Um, And it's funny when I came to Rotary thinking, oh, this will be a two-year contract and, you know, I'll jump over to whatever country's next. Um, I really knew little about Rotary, even though I had been an ambassadorial scholar. And um, But I knew that uh, when I got to Rotary and started learning more about who Rotary's, Rotary members are and the, the diversity there and the potential that Rotary members have mm-hmm. in really creating change through service, uh, I I was kind of hooked because I thought, wow, this is really different. This is different mm-hmm. than the typical development aid organization that I've worked with in the past. So that's hey. super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, so as as you did, you start right away with Wash, or did you have a different role? 
No, I've always been in WASH. They hired us in. Um, there's, as you know, there's now seven areas of focus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's six area focus managers that oh, have that been hired be over questions. the last 10 and a half years. <laughs> so we each represent our different sectors coming from different nationalities, different backgrounds, but all representing... Uh, our different areas. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. This is kind of bringing everything into focus for me. You mentioned the ambassadorial scholarship, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, so I, I have been a part of Rotary for a year and a half now. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wee baby when it comes <laughs> to being a Rotarian. Yeah. So I know nothing about that. Um, <laughs> How long ago was like when did they pilot? Yeah, that's a, that's probably aging me mentioning <laughs> for those that are listening that recognize yeah. the ambassadorial scholar program. Uh, that was before uh, we essentially declared our areas of focus or what okay. we called future vision. Yeah, um, that that ambassadorial scholar program um, allowed me to do research overseas, which okay. was in Mexico, and. Um, and like I said, opened allowed my foot in the door. So that that um, program actually still exists, but as global grants. Okay. And so we call them global grant scholars now. Got it. Yeah. Cool. There you go. I, there, there's I, the connection. And I didn't want mm-hmm. that to be like the sole focus. It was a question of mine, but no, the yeah. reason that I I asked that was because I, truly you kind of helped me focus in. Um, I understand that there's the seven areas of focus, but now I understand that there's the area managers for each of the areas of focus too. Yeah. So, and and they're, and they're uniquely qualified in the sense that they've spent extensive time in those, in those fields. So it's not just, you know, some of, some of the things that, you know, we've, we've seen in other interviews is that, you know, just people say yes to posts, you know, like, Hey, uh-huh. we have this opportunity. This is, it's more, you have to be uniquely qualified to, to, to manage it, which makes total yeah. sense. I have one question who got the fuzzy end of the popsicle stick and has two areas of focus that they manage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I bet you could guess they're very related to each other. It's disease prevention and treatment and maternal and child health. That Okay. okay. Yeah. I guess that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Otherwise, you'd have to find somebody that has very scholar- scholarly <laughs> interests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What's been your favorite um, favorite thing that you've worked on since becoming, you know, being in your role? What's What's been the favorite initiative that you've worked on? I mean, I, I um, so my role, instead of being the implementer where I came from, um, I am now serving to provide support to our Rotary members to really be able to engage effectively because we can engage with our hearts, but not necessarily does that equate to effective outcomes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so Rotary wants to become smarter with its investments. We also want to be about, we value, um, we value Rotary members' time and, and their expertise. The people that I am now working for, which are, you know, you all, <laughs> um, are absolutely amazing because they are leaders in their field. They're leaders in civil society. They're leaders in their communities. There's so, uh, there's so much diversity and expertise that surrounds me. It's a matter of now trying to organize that yeah. <laughs> and kind of channel it for, for good. So the old way of doing things um, we recognized is not uh, creating the impact that we think it was or that we thought it was. And um, that's really hard to admit <laughs> because we put so much time and energy. Mm-hmm. So things need to change and change is hard to do. So my, my, my goal is to help Rotarians be comfortable with that change. So some of the things that I've really never expected to work in with Rotary members were um, helping them to, to really recognize that their role within water and sanitation is not necessarily direct implementation of a borehole 
or yeah. uh, a water harvesting system. And then we walk away and say, all right, everybody has water and sanitation. But actually what we have found is the most important role for Rotary members is their voices, mm-hmm. their advocacy, their opportunity to influence. And the people that Rotary works with oftentimes include community members that are neglected or not heard as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they really bring the issues of the most vulnerable populations out there right to the forefront in our communities. And so we call that advocacy, even though oftentimes we think of advocacy as lobbying, right? But that's so not so limited of a view. And so Rotary really has an amazing leadership and um, responsibility for development in their own communities. And that's where I really work with them in, in water and sanitation. And then it's not as tangible. So you don't see the beautiful water coming out of the ground all the time. Yeah. Of course, we, we do those projects for sure. But the fruitful part for me is when we start seeing, when I see Rotary members, what I say, investing in people in their mm-hmm. community. Uh, so when you invest in people, and like they did with me, they invested in me to put me, you know, and as an ambassadorial scholar, and look at the the fruits ended up being tenfold versus yeah. if they had invested only in a borehole. So um, that just think me, none uh, of that would have been possible without water, right? <laughs> 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 well, we'll uh, we'll dive further into what exactly wash means and does in our next segment, Erica. You're listening to Searching for Service. We'll see you in the next segment. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... You can find us by looking up Searching for Service on all the platforms. We also have a YouTube channel too, Chad, don't we? Yep. You can find us by Searching for Service on there. And we love five-star reviews, likes, and shares. So thank you for tuning in. Ooh, nice job, guys. Right? Appreciate that was it. Smooth as silk right it there. Was very, <laughs> very good. If you are tuning in for the first time, we are in our second segment with Erica Gwynn. She's the area focus manager for water, sanitation, and hygiene, also known as WASH, through Rotary International. We um, we got to know Erica in our last segment, so if you've got a moment, you should tune back to that um, and take a listen. But in this next segment, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to we're going to dive deeper into wash and what exactly um, what exactly that means. And so, can you let's start off with um, when wash was implemented? Well, um, at the Rotary Foundation, it was recognized as one of the top areas of focus that Rotarians were interested in working in. Um, And I'll be really honest with you, this is a little bit of trivia, but if you look back at Rotary's history and we saw what was the very first service project that Paul Harris did, and it was the Institution of Public Toilets in Chicago. So that... Mm-hmm. So, if you the real answer to that question goes all the way back to the early 1900s, <laughs> wow. but 
Um, but in terms of the area of focus for water sanitation hygiene, that was about 10 and a half years ago. Okay. Well, and I mean, that area makes so much sense. We've had so yeah. many people on that. We've talked about, you know, water projects. We've talked about, you know, just how transformative clean water is to communities, just access to clean water and sanitation and, yeah. and just how it transforms the entire community. Doesn't It touches everybody and everything and allows that upward trajectory. So it, it makes sense that it's, it's one of the areas of focus because it, it seems to have the most impact. Yeah, and it's global. Mm -hmm. I mean, oftentimes we think of, you know, uh, rural Africa or rural Southeast Asia with the quote-unquote challenges. But here in the United States, we still have over a million people that don't have access to sanitation, which means that they are still going in their backyard. And these are places like, and uh, you can actually look at these beautiful maps that we have online, <laughs> um, but you can see that it's like Appalachia, um, our indigenous tribes and, and cultures that exist. So Navajo Nation is a big one. Um, the Apache tribe, there is also a lot in the deep south along the Louisiana uh, border and Mississippi border. Mm-hmm. And um you know, these are some people live off the grid for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're talking about those that really don't have access. And as a result, that really impacts their health. Yeah. And that, that impacts their education and their livelihoods. So it's, it's universal. It's a universal challenge. Yeah. And because it's so universal and kind of macro, you know, for our listeners, really help maybe outline some of like the three or four initiatives that you know, WASH is really focusing on mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. because because it is so big, right? So maybe that's a great way to focus in and, and, and target our conversation a little bit more. So talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about a few of the initiatives that we have. Well, I'm excited to say that um, we've really taken some feedback from our members and on the direction going forward. And we've really uh, decided and mapped out a, a new strategy that's helping us to focus. Like you said, we mm-hmm. could, we can't be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, what we realize is that our strong suit is really in wash, what we call wash in schools and wash in healthcare facilities. So um, why are these two areas really important? Because we're talking about, again, vulnerable populations, children, uh, as well as um especially young girls mm-hmm. and healthcare facilities, because we still have one in every healthcare facility that has inadequate sanitation uh, and, and water services. So that means when, for example, in certain parts of the world, when a woman goes into labor, can you imagine going to a clinic where there's no water and no sanitation? So, mm-hmm. Yikes. And that's, 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 Profound, if you can imagine. So, and with schools, what we also found is that uh, the impact is 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 much larger in magnitude of what we can do it through our service. We have young girls that are staying home five days every month because yeah. of the period in menses, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't have good sanitation services, girls are not coming to school. And then they end up lagging behind in education compared to boys. And even some parts of the world that I've been to, I have seen direct violence happening in the school grounds because of the taboo that's associated with um, blood and and a woman's um, menses. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can be addressed by putting in our basic human rights. And it is a human right. It's been declared a human right by the United Nations recently. So this mm-hmm. month, by the way, is a World Sanitation World Toilet Day is what we talk we say. <laughs> world Toilet <laughs> Toilet Day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you know, bring out the cake and candles and, <laughs> and make sure you until you recognize it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, but no, I'm really passionate about it, so I'm serious. 
No, really, I celebrate it. But <laughs> good, good on you. I mean, I would hope, you know, as an area manager focusing in this <coughs> sector, <laughs> you should. Yeah, but but I think it is actually a funny commentary that you know we don't celebrate it, and it's because we take it for granted, right? Like versus versus granted. say a community that just got sanitation services. I bet you that they're more than willing yeah. to celebrate that great holiday because they're oh, like. True. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, I have a, another great story, actually. I just got back from Uganda. And so we also are, are focusing on areas, what we call kind of priority countries mm-hmm. for, for Rotary in the future, priority wash countries. And um, I would say, actually, the Navajo Nation in the United States is is being considered to be one of those um, sovereign countries. So we're, we are looking at that as, and what that means is that we really want to advocate and put our resources allocated to these areas because our Rotarians are so organized and they have such a big heart. And in Northern Uganda, I want to share a quick one about specifically, um, there was a gentleman, a Rotary member I met, his name was Peter. And Peter, when he was a young boy, Northern Uganda, if you might have recalled, there was huge conflict with the border of Sudan. And there was a lot of boy soldiers that were taken. The, the armies from the north would come into northern Uganda, rape, rape the villages looking for children, capture the children, brainwash them, and make them into child soldiers. And Peter, this Rotary member, was a child soldier. And... Wow. He, um, his story is profound and he, he was privileged to have him share this story with me. And he told me that he was able to escape and he had a choice, even though he had gone through and done some really horrific things, he had a choice, um, when he got out and he decided that he wanted to serve his community to bring its resiliency back because his, his, his community had been broken because of this awful conflict. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing he started is, okay, where can I start? Really, where can I start? And all he remembers is that the only safe places during that time when they, they were raiding all the communities for children was that the community members would gather in the school, the one school and the, the clinic that was there. And they would, they would stay there and they were safe as long as they were in those institutions for some reason. And <clears throat> they didn't have any water. They didn't have sanitation at that time. But it, it was when the people left those institutions for looking for food and water when they were put in danger. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that was his case. So he decided, you know, what I'm going to do, and he, he wanted to create a rehabilitation program, bringing people that were child soldiers that were now adults and have gone through a lot of trauma and bringing them into service. Sometimes some of them became Rotarians, but some of them didn't. But it didn't matter to him. He was a Rotary member. And he decided to work in water and sanitation specifically for schools and healthcare facilities mm. to return the favor for those institutions, those safe spaces, which they should be all universally, right? Yeah. And providing the water and sanitation just helped to elevate it even more. And he did that by bringing people in that that experienced pain, that and even inflicted pain, and brought them into service. So that's a, a that to me touched me so much because it really showed me the power of even an individual and then also what an individual can do with the backing of an entire network of rotary rotarians all around the world behind him such a powerful story of, of kind of what's behind some of the inspiration for focusing on you know, the schools and the healthcare facilities, yeah. not to mention just impact, right? Like yeah. seems to be a little bit more controlled areas where impact is just greater. A lot of people go to them and, you know, and I really like that, you know, one of the things that you've identified as well is birth mortality. Like that's all of that. And then facilitating education amongst mm-hmm. like, you know, let's, let's make sure the kids are born and then let's make sure that they're educated and healthy. Yeah. Yep. 
So I think that that's a really powerful, powerful focus. What a great story, too, Erica. So we want more stories like that. We love it. (laughs) It's so good. Um, Thank you for tuning in to Searching for Service. We'll see you in the next segment. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary-branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets, and shirts to banners, tents, and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club No. 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary four-way test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company. You get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... You can find us by looking up Searching for Service on all of those platforms. We do like five-star reviews, likes, shares... I don't know. Follows. Follows. <laughs> All the stuff. <laughs> and we also have a YouTube channel as well. Yep. You can find us the same way. Perfect. Go ahead and dive in, Jack. And you get to see our beautiful faces. <laughs> our mugs, yeah. <laughs> so you told us the story you know, about your recent trip into uh, Uganda. Uganda. Uh, where else are, are the areas right now that are being focused in on and how are you supporting the clubs to, to really get involved with that? Because I know some club members around here, I think we're just in uh, Uganda yeah. on a trip. But, you know, talk about how that interaction works and how you support them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I'll, um, this is definitely not an exclusive list. Um, it's really just watching the grassroots demand bubble up. But, um, you know, I, I definitely am putting most of my attention right now in Uganda, Ghana, Honduras, um, Haiti right mm-hmm. now, um, and the Philippines. Those are in, in, in India. <laughs> so that's already a pretty big uh, portfolio. But um, and of course, we have projects and efforts going in 200 countries in the world. So, um, but unfortunately there's only one of me right now. So it's really about tapping into that expertise pool that I said um, exists within Rotary. And the beautiful thing about WASH is that you don't have to be a civil engineer or an environmental engineer or a public health specialist, which is kind of what people think. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I'm not an engineer. But actually, the strongest things that we need within water and sanitation are people with finance degrees or accounting experience, people that are social workers, Hmm. because they have skill sets that are what we've identified as like the key things within our projects in water and sanitation 
that need help for sustainability. So it's not enough to just give access to water and sanitation, but we want to give sustainable access and sustainable yeah. means like forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it does no one good to be drinking dirty water or yeah. to go to a place where, um, you know, a toilet facility and have it completely plugged up and not working. We've all had that experience. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's really about looking at the two big things in sustainability that we work with with Rotarians is really financial management, which, yeah, it's not that sexy sounding, but absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, behavior change, which we, means like, you know, behavior change is so interesting. I'll, I'll go into that for a second. So how many of us have smoked in the past or perhaps... Like me, I have a little bit of an extra tire around the middle of my waist. <laughs> and, you know, it's really trying to re you know better. You know you shouldn't be having that sip of alcohol or you know you shouldn't be eating that third scoop of ice cream or maybe <laughs> third pint of ice cream. But yes. you still do it, right? Preach so on, sister. <laughs> right. So the behavior change in wash that we're really trying to instill are, are things like um, washing your hands at the proper time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one blessing of, this is kind of odd to say, but the one blessing of COVID was that it really put an emphasis on masks yeah. and washing your hands, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, whether that stuck with everybody after the pandemic was over, that's another story. And it just shows I, you the difficulty of changing our behaviors. I can 100% testify to... that that has not stuck with a large portion of the population. Oh, I've I know. seen it How... firsthand. People walking yeah. out of the bathroom after going, I'm like, what? Oh, God, I can't. Anyways, I digress. I digress. No, I, I, I hear you in the Rotary headquarters. I'm just going to, I'm sorry to throw my colleagues under the bus. Sometimes <laughs> when I go in there and I watch them walk right past the hand washing stages. Hey, but, for um, all of you yeah. Rotary International individuals that may be listening to this, you probably know who you are and you've been called. Wow, just targeted. Jeez. <laughs> I'm a promoter yeah. of clean sanitation and hand washing. I'm, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Erica, you it's mentioned a lot about, like, just to put this back on the rails, usually it's me being the one that, like, throws it off the rails. So, yeah. me putting it back on the rails. Yeah. So, you talked about the sustainability, and, you know, we've. We've had a lot of people on this show and do you have a lot of interaction with like World Vision and oh, yeah. some of the other organizations <laughs> that we partner with to create that sustainability and kind of the the correct um, methodology to get things done? You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because the key for really having impact, especially with Rotary, is working with partners is that the, the, the challenge worldwide is way too big. Mm -hmm. For any one one entity, even Bill and Melinda Gates, right? Yeah. <laughs> so working with these partners like World Vision and Water Aid, Water for People, there's there's a plethora of them, um, is really critical. But what's even more important, and this is one thing I also coach in, is around partnership selection. I would say, just like any relationship is you need to be judicious. Mm -hmm. We need to be judicious. And we need to find partners that have common core values mm -hmm. and recognize our value as well as we recognizing their value. Because if not, then we become donors for their work. Sure. And they're underestimating really that the power of Rotary. And sometimes it just takes us to be able to educate others more about really who we are and what our potential is. Yeah. Um, so one thing with UNICEF that, for example, UNICEF told me once when I was in uh, Guatemala, they said, you know, Erica, when we go into government, the government is like, ah, UNICEF is here. We know exactly what they're going to say because they say the same thing every time, you know. But when Rotary goes in, even with the same message, it's heard a lot differently. Hmm. And that is because they are civil society. They are the actual members and leaders that UNICEF or the government is should be supporting, yeah. should be promoting development. 
So Ro- Rotary really um, has a really pivotal role, that advocacy role I was talking about beforehand. Yeah. Um, that brings up, you know, so as people are listening, how can they get involved, you know, from, you know, the small and, and on upwards yeah. you know, of, to the listeners and Rotarians and non-Rotarians in this work? Yeah. Well, I would say first thing is you know your community the best. So the first thing is look in your own backyard and really get to understand, if anything, learn a little bit more about what the water and sanitation issues are in your own community. Here in the Great Lakes region um, where I live, we have lots of issues going on with water and sanitation, especially in the the city of Chicago, issues Mm. with lead in our water supplies and infrastructure failing and wastewater going directly still into the Great Lakes. So that's really the first key. Yeah. Looking in your own backyard. (laughs) Yeah. And then if you want to think about also thinking about the global mindset, there are so many individuals that are, are, I call brothers and sisters in Rotary that are working across the globe, working in water and sanitation projects. You can reach out either directly to me or the Rotary Foundation um, to, to kind of get linked in with those folks, um, learn a little bit more. But I can almost guarantee you, almost in, in every district, there is a water and sanitation international project going on. Yeah. Yeah. So connect with them, support them, even if you are an accountant. <laughs> because now you know from today's podcast, hopefully, that you have a role to play and very valuable. So it's a great, it's a great area to work in and, and you can impact many other areas. um, Like I said, healthcare, education, environment directly from working in water and sanitation. Love it. That makes sense. You know, and you talk about at home, we, we see it here in the Twin Cities with uh, some of the chemicals that just uh, some reports. So, yeah, um, I think it's also good, as, as you mentioned, to think locally as, as you think you pass that. And we've, we've had guests on that are, you know, not specialized in, I mean, a number that have gone oh, yeah. to uh, different areas. So that, that really makes sense and connects there. Yeah, Guatemala was one of them. Uganda. Yeah. Uganda has definitely been, been like the, the big hot, hot place for yeah. many of our guests who have yeah. been on the podcast. Some yeah. of our club members were also last and year. If you ever want to come with me, I always love having company. Um, How often and, do you uh, go on travel to, to work on these projects? I usually go, um, well, there was a time it was every other month and that can become Holy too smokes. much. With family. <laughs> That's so, a lot of traveling, yeah. Yeah, so now it's down to around every three three to four months. But if you're interested, I'm always will. you know, definitely please come along. That's, um, I had a PDG uh, Lloyd Campbell. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came along with me to Lloyd, Uganda. I know you're listening to the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's 100% listening to the show yeah. right now. <laughs> do you um, do you go with groups or do you go kind of figure out what the need is and then help groups from different areas go? Yeah, or is question. it all connected? You know, I don't organize like group trips and whatnot because yeah. it's, it's that's too overwhelming for 1.2 million Rotarians yeah. across the globe. But um, I do focus on supporting our what I what I call my my teams, my Rotary members in um, the country that we're mm-hmm. we're trying to serve. And um, as I start to get to know you all, so now that I know you all, I will definitely be reaching out and inviting you for our next trip. Um, and if if you have a sincere interest, um, definitely come along. Very cool. Sounds good. Don't go anywhere. We have one more segment left here with Erica. You're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. We'll be back. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to Join Rotary 
to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build good? Will it better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we take it forward, it will be returned. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. And and you can find us by Searching for Service. <laughs> Looking up Searching for Service. <laughs> we love five, gold, five gold stars, yeah. likes, comments, <laughs> all the nine yards. Yep. We do like those five-star reviews, though. Those really help the podcast. <laughs> Yes. Well, they, be- they became gold stars now, I heard. <laughs> yeah. It's the only kind of stars I like. <laughs> if you're tuning in and you just heard the other voice, that is Erica Gwen. She's the area f- uh, focus manager for water sanitation and hygiene, also known as WASH, through Rotary International. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss the baton over to Joel because it sounds like he's got a – a great little segue. Well, we love we, – we really like this fourth segment because we talk about the future and, you know, something that's really been a major um, focus of this show is finding creative ways to build membership and build new clubs and new types of clubs specifically around cause base. And um, can you see a future where there are cause base clubs around – the WASH program, and what do you think that that looks like? Mm, great question. You know, there already are clubs that are cause-based. So we have e-clubs now, which are relatively newish, and uh, we have several of those that are specific for water sanitation and hygiene. Okay. Um, I think one's based out of Colorado. Another one is based out of uh, New Zealand. Uh, and the third that I'm familiar is out of South Africa. Cool. Uh, okay. So that's exciting. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I think also um, with membership, we have to remember, like, how do we keep our members engaged? And, and I always think about that because, you know, I'm not even going to say I'm a young professional anymore. Not anymore. But <laughs> as a middle life <laughs> professional, um, why would I join uh, Rotary? And it's really to be active with not only in my community, but also this the, to be a part of that global network, which makes us so special mm-hmm. and so very different than really any other membership organization. So um, really getting people engaged in projects, yeah. both locally and globally, is I think the best way to not only bring new members in, but retain members. Um, yeah. And, and especially um, with uh, international service, you start to develop friends from all over the world. And uh, when you go to the international <clears throat> convention or something of that sort, you don't feel, uh, you know, like a, a lone reed in the wind. It's, you end up saying, oh, my gosh, I know now I've met people from here and here. And, um, you know, it's, it's incredible. 
it really is incredible. And and there's not a lot of opportunities to do that. I I think that it puts, it puts life into perspective too. That's one of the Mm -hmm. things that, um, has been really helpful and beneficial for us doing this podcast and being hosts for it is that we get such incredible perspective in regards to what happens outside of our bubble is what I like to say, because as, as humans, we like to just focus on what's happening the here and now and just within our own lives. Whereas if you have the connectivity, like you're talking about through rotary and that global connection, you start to see, some of the bigger things that we otherwise, to the point that we made earlier, take for granted. Well, and it's been so great with e-clubs and things like that, that we're kind of breaking down those natural barriers, especially around geography, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. typically Rotary Clubs have been built around the communities that you live in. Well, it's been so like a breath of fresh air to have these clubs where, you know, if you just care about something, there's other people. And I think we'll we'll find the three clubs that Erica mentioned, and we will link them in the show page for those that are interested in knowing more about WASH or maybe getting involved with a, a WASH e-club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would be a really g- great place to start if you know if yeah. you're if you're not able to join a club yeah. locally. Um, <clears throat> There's also the rags too. Um, I didn't mention them, but they're a key. Key, key mover and shaker, I think, and within Rotary is we call them rags, which is such an odd word, but it's a Rotary, Rotary action group. (laughs) And so we have the wash rag, ironically, wash rag, rag. funny, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) We also have what we we call uh, the MHM rag, which is the, I don't even know how you would pronounce that, but it's a (laughs) menstrual hygiene um, management rag. So um, both of those are extremely active. Uh, they have their own boards. They they even provide sources of funding for local and international projects. Um, but most importantly, it just plugs you into that network so that, you know, you, you find that network of individuals, similar to fellowships, right? Of yeah. people that have similar interests in in, yeah. um, with you. And, you know, again, you don't have to be a wash professional. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. most of them are not. Yeah. You know, as we were talking in the future, so where, where's in the short term, you know, where would you like to see this program continue on and, and really long term with wash? Yeah. And what would be your goals and vision for it? Well, can I dream? We love yeah. it. <laughs> okay. My dream is that building off is that we eradicate polio worldwide, but recognizing that polio is really, it has been perpetuated and spread via fecal matter in the environment, recognizing the importance of WASH as being our next big area to, mm. to pursue in the future as a corporate program, I guess you could call it. Sure. And really inspiring so many Rotarians around the world to collectively target water and sanitation so that we really have like a measurable impact that people are going to say, wow, look at this, like mm-hmm. Rotary Civil Society, we can't, uh, we can't keep them out of the picture anymore. Like w- it's silly if we don't think of Rotary every time we go into a community. Um, that would be my dream. I love it. That's really, that's really, that's really great. Really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, and it kind of, I think, piggybacking on the polio thing, it, it makes a lot of sense, too, because I think a lot of people that are non-Rotarians do associate that that impact strictly with polio. And then you have to explain, mm-hmm. oh, it does a lot more than that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it really connects there, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, as you talk about that vision. Um, how about in the short term? You know, What are the big things that you're trying to work on in the next year um, or two mm-hmm. years as you work towards that, that dream that I think is amazing? It's- so th- this for me is really getting um, Rotary members in whatever country you're in to really be mobilized and coordinated together. So um, we've typically in the past done our own thing at the club level, which is okay, but now really to, to make the movement that we need to make um, and that I believe that our communities deserved, we really need to be working together as one. 
And so I would like to see within the next year, um, really collective efforts going on in specific areas of the world to take the lead and show what can be done when we work together like we did with sure. polio. Sure. Very, very good. Well, thank you so much for like keeping this so focused. Like, I mean, I it's such a big, like, I'm like, man, we can go everywhere with this, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. subject. We'll but, do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And a part three and a part four. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's always, I mean, there's always going to be ongoing um, informative pieces that you can share, right? So yeah, yeah. there could be a, a round two and a round three. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I know that, you know, this is kind of the opportunity of the show to, to share. Like I know for us on our end in our show is we're really trying to to recognize and build Rotary in its new ways as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just being a podcast mm-hmm. in itself is already kind of being creative and and appealing to a new demographic of people that, sure. you know, have, have historically mm-hmm. been underserved with Rotary. And then – um, you know, we obviously want to drive membership, club creation, and you know, people being really excited about what Rotary does. And it's so nice to have somebody from Rotary International at, at a very high level that can explain why all of these programs happen, why mm-hmm. why all of this, like why the focus is what it is. Why so that, it's so important. Why well. it's so important. And obviously, being like. Somebody that is a trained professional in the area, like yeah. I can't, I can't even underline that enough. Of going, that's so uniquely great because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like how we approach Rotary elsewhere. Like it's all volunteer and everybody kind of steps in, but mm-hmm. but like we've gotten these six seven pillars so dialed mm-hmm. in with professionals and real people that know what they're talking about and are passionate about it, obviously. <laughs> and it's, it's just been a really nice breath of fresh air for us. Yeah. Yeah. We got about 30 seconds to a minute left. What are the last things or, you know, parting things you'd like our listeners to, to know? Keep the topic alive. What you guys are doing right now is so vital because nobody wants to really talk about, yeah, maybe water, but nobody really wants to talk about feces and yeah. nobody wants yeah. to talk about uh, women's period or menses. But these are all really critical things. So by the fact that we're around a table today talking about it, I hope that clubs talk about this podcast. If you were listening to this podcast, go back to your club, bring it up as a, a speaking topic and, um, you know, keep the topic alive. Because if we sweep it under the rug, it doesn't yeah. get addressed. Wow, that's great. That no, was poop, really great. poop piles up and stinks. Yeah, right. there we go. Poop. Wow. That makes me feel good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, thank Erica, you. for joining us and sharing your wealth of knowledge. We appreciate it. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Joe Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. As a reminder, it's time to stop searching. And start serving. We'll see you next time.